We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome into the LakersNation.com podcast. Happy Saturday. I am Trevor Lane. You can find me over on X at Trevor underscore Lane on Instagram and threads at Trevor Lane NBA. Hopefully, by the time you are watching this or listening to this, Team USA has gotten a win in their opener of the FIBA World Cup over New Zealand. I am recording this Friday evening, but early in the morning on Saturday, Team USA is taking on New Zealand in that FIBA World Cup opener. And hopefully you went and checked it out with Sean Davis over on Playback, playback.tv slash Lakers Nation. I'll be traveling during the time of the game, but most games I will be on there as well with Sean. I believe Ryan Ward may be jumping in. We'll see if Ryan was able to get up bright and early and make it in for that game. But our guy Austin Reeves in action again. Fingers crossed that that went very well for Team USA. Got a lot to talk about today, a number of different topics, including, well, the guy that I thought we were done talking about, Dylan, the villain Brooks. We'll talk a little bit about him. We'll talk about Giannis Antetokounmpo, some things that he said recently and what that might mean for the Lakers. I also want to talk about some numbers that the Lakers put up. One number in particular last season that I think gives me a lot of optimism for the coming season, despite getting a lot of backlash for this number when I put it out on social media. So we'll talk about that as well. Uh, before we get to that, a little bit of, of housekeeping first, our listener league, you guys who have listened to the show for a long time or watched this show for a while, you know, I'm a big fantasy football guy. I'm in way too many leagues. It's just, it's the way it is. It's actually how I kind of got into this business, not fantasy football, but the first basketball writing ever did was years and years ago, I mean, decades at this point, where I wrote for NBA.com. I wrote fantasy basketball. So fantasy sports has always been something that I've loved. And we are doing our yearly listener league for the LakersNation.com podcast listeners. I have taken in all of the submissions. I read through all of them. So thank you to everybody who wrote in, sent me an email saying, I would like to be in the listener league. I had so many different creative things that were sent in. Some of them made me laugh. Some of them were, were absolutely heartwarming and touching, but I have uh, read through all of them and I have sent out the league invites to the, uh, the people who won an entry into the league. So check your inboxes, have sent those out and I uh, can't wait 
for the Listener League to get going. And uh, we'll keep you updated on what that's looking like real soon. Before we get into our specific Lakers topics, the one thing that's really positive here, uh, Bronny James, we got an update on his health. And uh, it's it's good news. It's it's very good news. Um, it is a according to to doctors, this was a release that came out through uh, most of the major newsbreakers. Uh, primarily, Shams Tarania was the first that I saw had have it. But um, Bronny James, the reason why he had that uh, that issue that he did, uh, it was a congenital heart defect that caused that to happen. This is according to the latest coming out on him, and they do expect him to be able to resume his basketball career very, very soon. So that is fantastic, fantastic news um, explaining what issue Bronny was going through and the fact that he's going to be able to continue playing and it sounds like he's being going to be okay is, of course, excellent, excellent news. Uh, you know, with this situation uh, being what it was, this was, this was something where the first and foremost, it's just his health. Is he going to be okay? This is one of those things where basketball becomes secondary. When you're talking about a cardiac arrest, which is, is what Bronny uh, went through, it's it's all about can he be healthy again, period. And basketball is is something, is a distant thing, something that you don't worry about in the in the near term. But obviously, he's an athlete. He's, basketball is a big part of his life. And so to hear that he is going to be able to continue doing that, that, that is fantastic. Now, you know, again, that's the biggest part, everything that we can talk about in terms of player movement, in terms of, you know, LeBron's future with the Lakers and all that. That's all secondary, of course, to this, this young man's life. But we do have to note uh, that this, this could put things back on track, potentially, for Bronny to enter the NBA draft next summer. And that could lead to LeBron's exit from the Lakers. Now, I've been saying for a while that we need to approach this season as though it is LeBron's last with the Lakers. Now, we don't know that for sure. And I don't mean that we need to just assume that he's gone. But I mean, we need to take the time to appreciate what we're seeing on the floor. We're watching one of the all-time greats, perhaps the greatest ever. And sure, there's a lot of people who will voice very strong opinions on either side of that argument. But regardless, LeBron is one of, at the very least, the all-time great basketball players. And we know he wants to play with Bronny, and that's an admirable goal and certainly something that would be incredible for a father and son to be able to play together in the NBA. So if Bronny is indeed able to resume his playing career, if he is able to enter the NBA draft next summer, it's possible that LeBron doesn't pick up his player option with the Lakers and decides to go sign with whatever team drafts Bronny. But we don't know. That's a bridge that we'll cross when we get to it. Maybe the Lakers draft Bronny. You never know how all well this is going to work out, but that is something to consider as we're looking ahead. And I do want to touch upon that when we talk a bit here about Giannis Antetokounmpo, because, you know, the reality is whether it's this year or next year, the year after that, four years from now, LeBron's going to go at some point. At some point, LeBron is going to hang them up. We already, I mean, he already talked about it. Last game of the season against the Denver Nuggets. Talked about retiring. And you can't blame him. Can't blame him. He's had a long career. A lot of mileage. He's the all-time leader in points scored in the NBA. Accomplished incredible things. He's won championships, won MVPs. 
at this point, he's going to be 39 years old in December. Be crazy for him not to be thinking about what's the end of this going to look like? When is it going to be time to call it quits? And at that point, when that happens, the Lakers are going to be building their team around Anthony Davis. And that is the certainty that the Lakers got when they signed him that contract extension uh, just a few weeks ago. So now it's the Lakers signed Anthony Davis to a three-year extension that bumped up his total years under contract with the Lakers to five years. Now there is a player option after year four, but the Lakers for the foreseeable future, even most likely after LeBron sails off into the sunset, it's going to be a team built around Anthony Davis. Now I've talked about this, that part of the reason why I was a very strong proponent of the Lakers signing Anthony Davis to a contract extension is because not because it's locking you in, but because of the flexibility it provides. Yes. Now the Lakers know that at the very least they will have a team that they could build around Anthony Davis. But even if AD says, you know what? I'm, I'm not on board with this. I'd like a trade post LeBron. Well, now the Lakers have his contract on the books. Now the Lakers, instead of AD having a player option this coming summer, the Lakers could trade him and recoup assets and use those assets to help jumpstart a rebuild or jumpstart the next era of the Lakers. I don't think that's the path they're going to go down. I think they're going to build a team around Anthony Davis post LeBron, whenever that day comes. Maybe it's this next summer. Maybe it's the year after that. We don't know. But at some point, the Lakers are going to be without LeBron. They're going to have Anthony Davis, and they're going to be trying to build a team around him. At that point, I would fully expect the Lakers to be pushing hard on the market for another star. Enter Giannis Antetokounmpo's comments to the Milwaukee Bucks, where he's saying he will not sign an extension with the Bucks this summer. The earliest he will do it is next summer. And if he does not sign that extension next summer, Giannis Antetokounmpo will essentially be an expiring contract. He will have a, a player option the following summer. Should he not extend with the Bucks? That would be a big red flag in Milwaukee, and they would almost have to start consider trading Giannis Antetokounmpo. Now, I don't think that's ultimately where this is going to go. I think that most likely what happens is Giannis winds up staying in Milwaukee. He's spoken glowingly of the Bucs. But it's situations like these that the Lakers are going to pay extra attention to. Again, they're going to look for that next star after LeBron eventually decides to sail off into the sunset. And again, I talked about this on the YouTube channel a bit, but Giannis could be that next guy, especially if he's looking to increase the size of his brand. Yes, you can be a superstar anywhere at this point. With social media being what it is, you can be anywhere. You can be an OKC and you can be a star. You can be in Milwaukee. You can be in Orlando. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be in LA, New York, or Chicago. It's not the world that we live in anymore. Not the sports world that we live in. But still, there is an amplifying effect that being in LA has. And if Giannis doesn't believe that the Bucs are ready to win, maybe the Lakers can provide that opportunity, particularly teaming up with Anthony Davis. And that's what the Lakers are going to be offering. Whether it's Giannis or somebody else, they're going to be offering the ability to slide right into a team that's ready to, to contend. Come play with AD and this core of players that we've built up now to be a, a solid base 
Austin Reeves, Rui Hachimura, D'Angelo Russell. We'll see, right? He's under contract for at least one year here. It's a player option for that second year. Jared Vanderbilt, can the Lakers get an extension done with him? September 7th will be the first date that they can do that. Can we add him into the mix of young players that the Lakers will have under contract? Gabe Vincent under contract as well. They're probably going to have to package some of those salaries together in order to go get somebody. That's probably what's going to happen. The current NBA, it's not about stars leaving to sign with another team in free agency. It's about stars signing extensions with their teams, then seeking trades. And we see that happen quite a bit. Uh, Giannis can force the issue by not signing the extension with Milwaukee, but we're seeing more superstar trades than superstar signings. So it's possible that the Lakers have to part with some of this, this core, these role players that they've got. And again, to varying degrees, Austin Reeves may very well end up being an all-star. We'll see what he ultimately becomes here. But when you look at what the Lakers have, they could provide a very attractive landing spot for these next stars that decide that they are going to be the next to leave. And let's face it, right or wrong, good or bad, whether we want to agree or disagree with the current culture of the NBA where stars, it's a rarity, unlike back in, say, the 80s, back in the Showtime era. By the way, make sure you are watching Winning Time. Unlike that era, it's a rarity for stars to stay with one team. It just doesn't happen. Player movement has become a bigger and bigger thing. And you know what? The NBA, I could argue, is more exciting because of it. The NBA is a 365-day-a-year league. And look at that. Here we are. It's, it's August 26th. August 20, we're a month away from training camp. The, uh, the, the Summer League wrapped up over a month ago. And we've still got storylines in the NBA to talk about, even Lakers-specific stuff to talk about. A lot of that is because of player movement. Damian Lillard is still out there waiting for a trade to the Miami Heat. James Harden is still out there waiting for a trade. Now, there is going to be a pushback against the player movement era, and we may already be seeing it with Damian Lillard and with James Harden where the Blazers are saying, no, we do, you know what? we're not trading you wherever you want to go. You can't tell us where we have to trade you. Not if we're not getting what we want. 76ers saying the same thing to James Harden. If we're not getting what we want, then we're not trading you. It's that simple. I still think both guys wind up getting traded, but the bottom line is that we are seeing player movement more and more in the NBA and the next star to want to find a new home is always just right around the corner. And so at some point, we're going to enter a post-LeBron era. Giannis may be that name. Maybe he's that guy. We'll see what the Bucs do. But the Lakers are going to be in the market probably sooner rather than later for another star to put next to Anthony Davis. And so any stories like these, we got to pay attention to. We got to pay attention to. File it away. Giannis isn't going anywhere right now. And the probability of him going anywhere is probably fairly slim. But at some point, somebody's going to. And the Lakers are going to be right there. The Lakers are going to be right there waiting to make a deal. They don't have a lot of draft capital, and that's going to be something to watch. How do they manage to maneuver through this? But still, something we're going to have to keep an eye on. All right, a few more things. Dylan Brooks. I thought we were done. I thought we were done with Dylan Brooks. The Memphis series is over. The Lakers 
beat the Grizzlies handily. It was a fun series. In fact, we did a um, classic game watch over on playback the other day on uh, on Mamba Day. We did that. We watched uh, the Lakers take on the Suns in game six of 2010. We also watched um, the the end of, of Kobe's final game. Had a blast doing that. Those of you who joined us, that was absolutely fantastic. And uh, and there's a few games from the Lakers-Grizzlies series. Uh, game four being one of them that I would, I would love to see. Um, and we need to put on there before we get into you know the madness of the regular season starting, even the preseason starting up, which, by the way, as of right now, uh, listening to this on Saturday, 41 days, 41 days until a preseason game. That countdown, it is on, everybody. But Dylan Brooks recently said, talking about LeBron, I feel like I always had him. He bemoaned the fact that he feels like the loss to the Lakers was placed upon him. Dylan, you poked the bear. You poked, ironically, a grizzly poked the bear. Of course, Dylan Brooks is now with the Houston Rockets. After the series, the Grizzlies decided under no circumstances would they bring him back. So now we're, we're out on Dylan Brooks. And look, congratulations to Dylan Brooks because he got more money than I expected. $87 million, I believe, was the total over four years from the Houston Rockets. Wow. But you know what? The Lakers defense, and it's Dylan Brooks is right. It's not all on him, but the Lakers defense was specifically geared to let Dylan Brooks shoot all the shots that he wanted. And boy, did it work. Boy, did it work. And then on top of that, he's running his mouth about LeBron James. Of all the people not to do that against of all the people not to provide that little bit of extra motivation. Brooks decided to go at LeBron James. And then he says, I feel like I always had him. Like you had LeBron under control. Like LeBron didn't take over in overtime. What was that game four? Come on, Dylan. Come on. Look, I get it. Athletes, you've got to be confident. Right, you got to be confident in yourself. You got to be confident in your in your own abilities. Sometimes overconfident, sometimes overconfident. But at the same time, you got to have some measure of self awareness. Some measure, confidence serves athletes very very well and serves a lot of people well. Right, you should feel good about yourself and your own abilities. But there's a there's a limit to it. Dylan, there's a limit to these things. Got to have some self-awareness and see what the Lakers game plan was on the defensive end of the floor. The way he played right into it. Look, he's a talented defensive player. There's no question. I think he's a talented NBA player in general. But you can't go through a series like that where the Lakers defense was set up specifically for you to shoot the ball as much as you wanted and where your words got LeBron James, of all people, extra fired up to send your team home and say, oh, I had him. You didn't have him, Dylan. You didn't have him at all. Maybe the Rockets are the correct team for him to be in. Because Dylan Brooks is, man, he's off somewhere out in space at this point. 
The LakersNation.com podcast is part of the Blue Wire podcast network. Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. They have 300 shows currently with former athletes, celebrities, media professionals, and passionate fans. Those of you who have seen the footage of us in studio at Blue Wire Studios at the Win in Las Vegas, where we are there frequently know the benefits that we've seen from being a part of the Blue Wire Network. Now, they have privately raised over $10 million to grow and operate their business. Blue Wire is raising another round on WeFunder to expand its sales team and improve operations. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It gives everyone an opportunity to be part of a growing startup. This is not a donation you could be investing to own a piece of blue wire if you would like to be part of the blue wire investment round or want to find out more information go to wefunder.com slash blue wire that's wefunder.com slash blue wire we're going to pause for a moment for a word from our sponsor nba 2k mobile it's the must play mobile game for basketball lovers who want to conquer the court online now I used to be an avid gamer, but it's been a while. I've fallen out of it. And one of the things that I loved about 2K Mobile, not only is a basketball, which obviously that is going to be right in my wheelhouse, but it was very intuitive and very easy to pick up and play. Every, even for me, somebody who feels a little bit rusty in the world of video games, 2K Mobile was a lot of fun to just grab and go. It is super convenient. You can pick it up and play anywhere and immerse yourself in the ultimate basketball gaming experience on your mobile device. You can collect player cards, build custom powerhouse teams, rise to the top, and there's always something new to explore. Right now, you can embrace the summer vibes with intense matches on the beach cruise court. You can dive into tourney mode, events, right, and there are regular updates for non-stop action. Showcase your skills, climb the leaderboard, and become a basketball legend download nba 2k mobile free on the app store or google play use my promo code tatum 2k mobile to redeem an exclusive jason tatum pearl tier card that's t-a-t-u-m 2k m-o-b-i-l-e all right i want to finish up by talking about something i'm really excited about for next season and that is the Lakers and the numbers they put up post trade deadline. Now that is, it's a small sample size. And you guys hear me talk about this a lot. We have to be careful with small sample sizes because they can be inflated or deflated. And the larger the sample size you get, the closer to the truth you also land. Um, if I flip a quarter five times, it might come up heads all five times. But I know the more I extend that sample size, the closer to 50-50 that's going to be, heads or tails. If I flip that quarter 10,000 times, it's probably going to be pretty close to 5,000 to 5,000 heads and tails. Right? It's just the way that it, that it goes. The bigger the sample size you get, the closer to the truth you tend to get. So I'm not looking at this and saying the Lakers are this just dominant, unstoppable force. But... The four-man group of LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell on the court last season. Now, sample size is only 213 possessions. But they were a plus 
per 100 possessions. They're beating their opponent by an average of almost 30 points per 100 possessions, which is typically close to about what a game may be, depending on your pace and, and all that sort of stuff. But 213 possessions, tiny samples. For, for reference, like the Denver Nuggets, their starting lineup, which the Denver, look, we saw it. We saw during the playoffs the benefit of having a team that stayed relatively healthy and got the core of their players to play a ton of reps together, ton of minutes, ton of possessions. They had like somewhere in the ballpark, like 2,500 possessions, like just their starting group. And the Lakers, their four key starters here, um, we're talking 213 possessions. But nonetheless, this was an incredible, incredible stretch for this team. And I think it's got to give us a lot of optimism heading into next season because sometimes, sometimes with teams, things just click. And I think that's what we saw with this Lakers team. I do buy the idea that at the end of last season, they had the urgency of the playoffs lighting the fire under them. And I don't know that we can expect them to stay as locked in to keep their foot down on the gas pedal that heavy the entire season. I don't think that's realistic. So I don't think we can just take the post-trade deadline numbers for the Lakers where they were, I believe it was a top three team in the NBA record-wise. I don't think we can just take that and extrapolate that out over the course of the, the whole season and say, oh, this is what the Lakers are. They're a whatever, 55, 60 win team, whatever it comes out to. Because again, I think the urgency of the postseason of the playoff race was a factor in how well they played. But I don't think it was everything. You look at this group, and by the way, you can get a similar result if you swap out Dennis Schroeder for D'Angelo Russell. So are we really talking about the three-man group of LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Austin Reeves? Maybe make that argument as well. By the way, you can get similar results as long as your three-man group of LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Austin Reeves does not also include Russell Westbrook or Patrick Beverly. Man, feels like a lifetime ago that those guys were on the Lakers, but it was less than a year ago that they were that they were Lakers. But nonetheless, the three-man grouping of LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Austin Reeves, very, very, very positive when the three of them are on the floor together. You add D'Angelo Russell into the mix, and I think it makes a lot of sense. You know, a lot of people have been coming at me and acting as though I'm a, a D'Lo hater or something like that. Couldn't be further from the truth. From the truth. I like D'Angelo Russell a lot. I like his fit. I was 100% behind the decision the Lakers made to swap out Mike Conley in that trade with the Utah Jazz and turn him into D'Angelo Russell, to turn it into a three-team trade with the Minnesota Timberwolves so that they could get D'Angelo Russell in the deal. I agreed with that decision, even when Mike Conley looked pretty good against the Lakers when they played in the play-in game. Obviously, he hit some big shots, hit the free throws at the end of that game. Mike Conley, I like him a lot as a player but I like D'Angelo Russell, his long-term fit. I like his ability to play on or off the ball and the way that can mesh with Austin Reeves on the offensive end. I like the three-point shooting that he can bring defensively. Sure, there's some complaints there, but I think D'Angelo Russell is a tremendous player. Yet I got a lot of pushback when I put this number out on social media, when I said 28.6 points per 100 possessions. Like There's reason to be optimistic about this Lakers team, even if that number is a little bit inflated by small sample size, I got a lot of people saying, what, it, what does that mean when they can't beat Denver? What does that mean when they got swept by the Denver Nuggets? That doesn't matter. 
because they got swept by the Nuggets. So we're dismissing all the games that this group played together and showed that they are a good basketball team because of a sample size of four games. Again, going back to the premise here, the truth is revealed the larger the sample size that you get, the more we see what the truth is. I don't look at those four games against the Denver Nuggets, which the Nuggets give them credit. They were a tremendous team. They had a ton of reps together that showed in the postseason. And they had a number of role players just flat out step up. Every time they needed a big shot, series after series after series, they had guys who hit their shots. They just did. Sometimes it's as simple as that. And the Lakers, meanwhile, felt like as the playoffs went on, they started to sputter, started to run out of gas. And frankly, I feel like game one against Denver, when the Lakers tried to flip the switch down the stretch, came back, almost caught them and beat them, and then couldn't. Denver still found a way to get the win. That was that was the, the writing on the wall in that moment. It felt like the Lakers burned out their tank at that point. But I don't think that means that, oh, this team isn't good. Oh, well, they didn't beat Denver. So what have you done for me lately? They got swept by the Nuggets. That means they must not actually be any good. It's just like when we're talking about the final roster spots. We're talking about the 14th roster spot. And people say, what does it matter? Can this player defend Jokic? That's all we're focused on. Focus so much on those four games against the Denver Nuggets. And again, look, they get Denver opening night. We're going to get a reminder of that right away. But I think to overlook the potential, the upside of this group for the doom and gloom, because what happened most recently was they lost four games. I think that's missing a lot of the upside that this group has. And for me, and I'm always cautious about this because optimism rules in August. It's the way it goes. Everybody's record is the exact same. Nobody's played any games yet. Everybody feels like they had a great summer. They accomplished all their goals over the summer. They did they did fantastic things. They're super happy with all their signings. That's not going to be the case come I mean probably October the way the way fans are, right? By a few games in to October, we're going to have people who are upset. Across the NBA, I'm not talking about just Lakers, but things change very quickly once you start playing games, but optimism rules right now and I always caution against that. Every team looks at their roster right now and says, oh my gosh, we're so deep. Doesn't always play out exactly like that. But I think we're actually too down on these Lakers. That we're forgetting that the advanced metrics say this team is really, really good. And there's reason to be excited for next season. Yeah, they lost four games to the Nuggets, to a red-hot team. Doesn't necessarily mean that there isn't a good season coming up here. I also think we're too focused on the Nuggets as a fan base. It's Lakers nation. I think we're too focused on Denver. I think we're missing some things when we do that. We're missing some things, right? I hear people say, who's going to defend Jokic? Over and over and over again, right? Go get Dwight Howard. He'll defend Jokic. Get JaVale McGee. He'll defend Jokic. That's that's like the reason at the top of the list. Who's going to defend Jokic? De and people who don't like D'Angelo Russell. 
He was terrible against Denver. That's that's number one. If you're going to say something negative about D'Lo, bad against Denver. Number one on the list. And yet, you look at the NBA. Look at the NBA right now. It's been, what, five years straight of a new champion every single year? New champ, new champ, new champ, new champ, new champ. Pattern says it's not going to be Denver next year. Now, Denver's going to be very good, and maybe the Lakers do have to go through Denver. But I think if you're solely focused on what are you going to do about Denver, you're missing how good the Western Conference is. I don't think we are in an NBA right now where you can focus on one team and say the title runs through that team. Again, five different champions the last five years. If you do that, you're going to look up in the postseason and you're going to be playing a different opponent than one you expected to see. I think it's a good thing. There's parity in the NBA. There's a surprise factor. It's not the same team winning all the time. But for the Lakers, the focus has to be not is this guy going to beat Denver? I would love to see D'Angelo Russell exercise those demons opening night and have a great game against Denver. But the last five years has showed us that the title doesn't go through just one team over and over and over again. We're not in that league anymore. So if we're solely focused on what the Lakers did against Denver, and that is the measuring stick, did the Lakers do enough to beat Denver? We're missing the lesson learned over the last five years. We're missing it. We're missing it. That's not the NBA anymore. You can't focus on one team. So what do you do instead? You focus on your team. You focus on your team. You focus on versatility. You focus on being able to respond to each and every matchup that you could encounter. You're not going to get somebody who can stop Jokic. Doesn't exist. Players not out there. So what do you do? If you're if if you think the title goes through Denver, if you can't find somebody to stop Jokic, you throw your hands up and go home? No. Of course not. Cuz there's a decent chance the title's not going to go through Denver. And even if it does, there's other ways to beat a team. I think the Lakers have had it a lot. I look at what the Lakers did this offseason. I think they had a really really good, really strong offseason. They've added some real talent to this team. They've got real depth, especially on the wings. I've been asking for that for years. And here we go. Torian Prince, Jared Vanderbilt, Rui Hachimura, LeBron James, Cam Reddish. Look at all these wings the Lakers have. That's going to provide a lot of versatility to this team. Now, that doesn't mean that they don't need another center. They do. We're waiting on Damian Lillard so we can stop waiting on Christian Wood. We'll figure out what happens at that point. They absolutely need to get another center. But if you're solely focused, if every time you hear something positive about the Lakers, if you're only focused on Denver, they didn't beat Denver. This guy didn't play well against Denver. Do they have somebody that's going to stop Jokic yet? Pretty decent chance it's not going to be Denver that the Lakers have to go through to get there. That's the new NBA. That's Adam Silver's NBA. That's what the league wants.
last year's Western Conference was heaven for the NBA. We were talking in, what, March? April? Even in April. One team in the West wins one game. They jump up, what, three spots? You lose a game. Oh, my gosh. Next thing you know, you're out of the play-in. You look at the West again this year. Who's missing the play-in? Is it going to be New Orleans? Minnesota? OKC? Dallas? Somebody's going to have to. These are all quality teams. The Kings, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Warriors, the Suns, the Nuggets, the Grizzlies. It goes on and on. There are so many good teams in the West. And last season, the NBA got the taste of what that parody can look like of fans being engaged and being locked in because the playoff chase is real for the entire season. And I think they liked it a lot. This is the path forward for the league. These are the rules that they're putting into the CBAs to try to create this situation that we're seeing right now in today's Western Conference. So again, if you look at this the way we used to look at things, it's how do you go through this team? How do you beat the Lakers in the early 2000s? How do you beat the Lakers in 2010? How do you deal with that team? How do you go through the Warriors? How do you go through LeBron's heat? How do you go through these great teams? That's not the path of the future for the NBA. If you focus solely on beating one team, you're missing the way this league is going. And again, that leads me back to there's reason to be excited for this Lakers team. And when we see numbers that pop off the page like that, plus 28.6 per 100 possessions for four of your key players, when they're out there together, that should make you excited for next season. That should make you excited for the grind of the season because it is going to be a gauntlet getting through this Western Conference. There are going to be highs. There are going to be lows. There are going to be surprises. But when the dust settles, we get to go into a season believing that this Lakers team is one that can still be standing. Didn't have that last year to start the season, did we? Can't wait. Can't wait for this season to start. Don't focus so much on Denver. Don't focus so much on four games. It's a lot more to look forward to than just that. Let's let it play out and see what happens in the Western Conference. Lakers Nation, appreciate all of you for, for listening today, for watching the show. Um, you guys know I, this is my obsession. I love Lakers basketball. I grew up on Lakers basketball. And you guys know, I, I joke about this every time. Every time I sit down and do a show, I think I'm going to go for, we're going to talk for 20 minutes tops. I usually wind up doubling that. Because once I get going on this stuff, once I start talking Lakers basketball, I love it. So thank you to all of you who allowed me to do this and, and talk Lakers basketball with you. I truly do appreciate it. Uh, have a fantastic weekend. I am going to be doing a little bit of traveling. going to go see family for a few days. Um, so uh, you may see some videos and stuff coming from me from, uh, from a different location. But nonetheless, make sure that, uh, that you are subscribing from to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. 
Uh, check us out over on Playback, playback.tv slash Lakers Nation for, of course, the FIBA World Cup games. Those are going to be a lot of fun if you're willing to get up bright and early or if maybe you live somewhere where it's not so bright and early that those games are, are on. Come join us for those. Those are going to be a blast too. And of course, follow me on social media at Trevor underscore Lane over on Instagram and threads at Trevor Lane NBA. Lakers Nation accounts at Lakers Nation official on Instagram at Lakers Nation on X slash Twitter and, and Facebook and head over to LakersNation.com for all of our written work. Have a fantastic weekend, everybody. See ya and stay safe. Buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you will have. Personally, I'm the shopper, right? I look around a lot of different places trying to make sure I'm getting the best deal, particularly when it's a bigger purchase, which, well, tickets to a sporting event, they usually are. So I shop around to a lot of different places. So game time takes away my stress when I'm shopping for tickets because they offer a lowest price guarantee, which is absolutely phenomenal. So it's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You get images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect. No surprises. You buy tickets in a matter of seconds. And because of that game time guarantee, you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time credits you 110% of the difference. Think about that. That's how convinced game time is that they will offer you the lowest price they offer that guarantee that way you can buy with confidence and avoid that stress the tickets get sent directly to your phone so you don't have to dig through your email or anything like that you get them right to your phone so snag the tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account and use the code lakers nation for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code Lakers Nation for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed.